You're listening to The No Name Photo Show, the podcast dedicated to lively conversations about the creativity, business, and technology of photography. I'm your host, Brian Matiash. Let's chat. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 57 of The No Name Photo Show. I am your host, Brian Matiash. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, so this episode, this is one of those, the topic is can be a bit contentious depending on the type of photography you are, but it's all about mobile photography, but not so much mobile photography in terms of the camera that's on your phone. That could be an entirely different show. What I wanted to focus on in this episode is talking about how certain technologies, especially with Apple, have uh, really come, you know, really come around to uh, improving the way uh, photographers work, especially while traveling. And so, uh, as you know, I love to kind of pair the topic with subject matter experts. And for this episode, I'm especially happy to welcome my friend, Matthew Casanelli. Uh, and so, Matthew, do me a favor. Tell people a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, why it is that this particular topic kind of gets you jazzed. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean... I think mobile photography or using mobile devices as you're going about photography, I think has gained a lot of steam in the last few years and is even probably now kind of at a turning point. Um, that's going to be pretty interesting, um, particularly with the iPad Pro getting USB-C support and being able to import files directly on there. And then I personally um, worked on what is now the shortcuts app for Apple's Siri shortcuts. Um, and so that's kind of, yeah, talk about sure. that actually. Um, you like, like what was Apple acquired the company you worked for? Right? Yeah, it was called workflow before. Um, and so the name actually does a lot of kind of guiding you on what it is, is like you're building workflows for the way you use your mobile devices so that you can chain together multiple steps of actions and then execute it all in one go instead of kind of tapping around endlessly on your small little phone. But then since iOS and iPad, it's now iPad OS, but um, since they've always been shared before, it kind of translated across to the larger screen also. And so you can do a lot of complex tasks using your mobile devices that you normally would have had to save for a computer. Um, and since Apple acquired it, it's gotten a lot more powerful too. And is going to continue to get more powerful this fall. So that's, it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, for those that uh, are interested in the power of shortcuts, Matthew is one of the best resources out there. And in fact, uh, you know, I highly recommend following him on Twitter because he, he discusses that a lot, uh, especially on that platform. And so uh, what I'll do, Matthew is I will link to your Twitter account and all of your information uh, at the show notes, which you can find at no name But I remember that that was something, you know, I remember when you came out to Portland when I was still living there and we were, <laughs> me, you and our buddy, Dan Hawk, who was a, a guest on the show as well. Um, we just kind of sat there nerding out about all these different shortcuts and yeah, that was fun. Uh, apps. <laughs> you were, you were, you're getting yeah, so excited too. And I, I always appreciate someone who like gets the potential and has a very specific reason to harness it too, because shortcuts is kind of like a general tool sometimes and some people have trouble like nailing down why they want to use it and photography has a lot of different workflows that you go through and 
So you can really build those into like a chain of process that makes it something that you probably wouldn't bother doing on a smaller device like that. It makes it feasible and in many ways, like even better than going back to your computer. Well, yeah. And the thing is that for the longest time, I, I, I saw the iPad and the iPad Pro as this untapped resource, you know, and part of it was being hamstrung by iOS, you know, Apple's insistence on this walled garden where, you know, everything has to be done within the app or, or for instance, when you had, uh, when before Apple acquired you, I assume that, you know, you were confined by all sorts of limitations where there had to be kind of discrete deep links between one app to the other in order, in order to automate. But now that Apple has acquired it, they kind of, you know, opened the gates where they allow for all sorts of macros and scripting, which, you know, I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole because it is really cool. But from a photography perspective, you know, why don't you start, Matthew, like talk about why, you know, what are some of the things that, uh, let's actually start at the highest level. Like if you had to sell a photographer on the benefits of say, considering to use an iPad pro for their in the field, uh, you know, photo imports and storage and even editing, like how would you go about doing that? Like, what would you tell them? That's a good question. Uh, I would say one of the biggest things that I get from using an app like shortcuts and some type of automation in my process is kind of reducing the mental load of what you're doing so that you can focus on the task at hand. So like a lot of times maybe, I mean, specific to using a mobile, like you could be importing your SD card onto your um, iPad or something like that. And then, go through and upload it to Lightroom or something, or maybe rename the files and do a bunch of different specific processes that you would normally do on a computer, like batch tasking, renaming the files and stuff like that, that would be too hard to do on your phone. And so it can kind of enable you to have a lot of more of those processes just happen right away in the moment. And then you can just focus on like the photography part of it and not all of your workflows. It's, it kind of allows you to give like a physical form to your process that you might go through. And then in the, that by like having that predefined, you don't end up you, it being exhausted. Like one thing that I always find with photo shoots is there's just so many things to think about that and like little checklists and stuff like that, that if you can automate a lot of the process, even in between those checklists, you can just focus on what you're doing, which is very powerful. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that's an interesting point as well. So right now you have two camps and, and for the, before we go even further, like, you know, for the listeners out there who are staunch Google, Android, Windows advocates or users, it's not that I, you know, we're kind of like, you know, we don't want to discuss that. It's that simply, I don't, I, I don't use Android. I don't use uh, Windows. I'm a, an Apple guy through and through. And, you know, even just recently, you know, just before we started the show, Matthew and I were talking about it, like just, I think last week or the week before I saw a headline that Google was abandoning uh, tablet development. So you've got, you've got like Microsoft, which has, does have its surface products, which is kind of cool. Uh, albeit, I think that they're, you know, when you're, when you're taking a desktop class operating system and you put it on a, this little device, like a tablet form factor, you have to, you have all these different considerations like, uh, heat management and power consumption and battery power. Um, 
where I think that it leads to a substandard or subpar performance when you're using it. Especially like out in the field, I think, I just don't think they have a 10 hour battery life like an iPad could. Right. And that's the thing. So, f- because I'm talking about Apple, that's why, you know, um, Apple, whereas Google is abandoning their tablet uh, platform, especially because developers, I think, really, Google hasn't given developers much of a reason to trust developing for tablets. <laughs> yeah, they shut Apple down all their stuff. Apple the opposite route. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And, you know, it's always been a problem. Um, Apple, I mean, they actually forked their entire iOS uh, platform to iPadOS, like you, you briefly mentioned. And so the thing that I wanted to talk about is you've got two camps. You have a laptop and you have an iPad. And, you know, I'm not even talking about the phone just yet. I'm talking about, you know, something that you can realistically and feasibly take with you on, say, a multi-week trip and be able to get just about everything done. So, you know, laptop, I've got a 15-inch MacBook Pro. It's like five and a half pounds. It's crazy powerful. Um, and, you know, I can do everything, obviously, because it runs a full Mac OS. But you, are, are, are you using your laptop at all or your desktop, or are you just pretty much on the iPad? Um, I do video production, so... I do actually make videos about shortcuts also, which is helpful because, and I'm going to make some specific photography ones probably after this episode because I came up with a bunch of ideas. Um, so I do end up using my iMac for that because Final Cut Pro is is very, very powerful. And I tried doing LumaFusion for a while to edit, which was actually like really nice. But I kind of, I think I got tripped up in trying to do too much from just the iPad. But I would say, on the go there's definitely and especially for specific for photography i think there's plenty of power now and quality pro apps that you can use versus video production just i mean even like transferring a 4k file that's ends up being gigs and gigs just for one shot or something like that so that i think that ended up causing like just a a dent in my workflow for that um but for yeah, for, for the video, video stuff specifically. But I'd say for photography, there's plenty, even specifically because now that it's even easier because iPads have USB, USB-C file imports direct from uh, hard drives or even your camera too. So that's pretty nice. Well, that's for that's coming in September with iOS 13. And that was, for me, that was the biggest hurdle, uh, or at least one of them rather, uh, was that. So I'm, running the betas right now so that's i'm my brain is taking that the future as present right now <laughs> sure. and and you know i'm thinking i might like you were saying possibly wait for the next version of the public beta to try it out uh but that was always a thing for for people that don't really understand what we're saying is uh up until well i guess september or if you're brave enough to run a beta um you couldn't connect the drive or like an external hard drive or your camera directly to your computer and access that through you know a file browser and say import directly into Lightroom CC mobile. Uh, you had to, it was really wonky. You had to import your files, yeah, including raw, at least at the very least, you know, iOS supports raw, but you'd have to import it into the camera roll and then from the camera roll into um, Lightroom. And then you'd have to, then you'd have duplicates because you'd have your raw files in Lightroom, you'd also have them in camera roll. And this, uh, maybe Matthew, you want to talk about there, was a shortcut that kind of facilitated that. Yeah, I think Apple worked with Adobe to make an add to Lightroom 
action for the shortcuts app so that you could get the layout. And they also added get last import. So any anytime you did an import, then you could just quickly grab that, add it to Lightroom, and then delete the photo. And then there's a delete photos action too. But it is always was like, you have to know about that and kind of run into that. Like, you have to, yeah, exactly. Like, you have to set that up beforehand. It's not just a native thing that, I mean, I guess photographers are probably going to find what they need. Um, but yeah, even just the, like, just backing up onto maybe temporarily onto the iPad and then onto a hard drive or something like that would have been like you they have wireless hard drives that you could get that you could transfer files to but that was extremely slow and you have to like charge your hard drive and expensive um i I have yeah exactly and it's not that much storage um so that was always like less than ideal um but like i downloaded the beta and imported straight from my camera like the first day of the apple's uh, wwdc conference so it works it was great um so you were able to take the the raw files from your camera and uh or from an external hard drive and directly just import it into lightroom without having to do what we just talked about with i didn't do into lightroom i did it into the files app as like a storage spot um so i don't think i've actually tested the lightroom one actually you know and that might not i might be speaking ahead of time because i don't they might need to exactly I i don't know if the lightroom app has been up to actually i'm be willing to, to bet that it hasn't but the, in theory what will happen is adobe will update lightroom um closer to september uh or shortly after uh ios 13 is released because the app has to support that ingestion but the fact that that's coming this is a big deal like <laughs> i don't want to minimize this this you know it kind of sounds foolish but um being able to have kind of access to a full uh file system is, is that's one of those things that people have been like really begging Apple for for a long time and so it's nice to see that with iOS 13 you know there there's Apple does come around um, you know they've opened up um, you know with, with different various APIs um, allowing developers like third-party developers to to take advantage of everything and what about you know do you see yourself hampered in any way for example let's we both have um, the iPad pro I've got the the version the current version that has you know a terabyte of storage which also gives the benefit of additional ram um but do you see yourself hampered at all with kind of performance on on ipad um not necessarily i mean they just came out with the mac pro so like yeah now (laughs) (laughs) because that is like a monster so i mean it's definitely not like insanely fast or something like that it still takes time to pro like i mean i guess especially for my video stuff it still would take a while to export um stuff but i mean that's what i was just going to say with the files with USB-C import you basically have expandable storage as you need it where you don't have to think a lot of what people have trouble with going on a trip even if you buy not the one terabyte ipad now you can just bring your hard drive and plug it in and back up your photos still so i think that's a big a big difference that usually was the limitation for people is like you either had to buy the really expensive iPad to have enough space, but now you could even get the base model and just like offload your footage as you need after it uploads to Lightroom or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll, I don't know exactly about developers, like if Lightroom can access 
a library that's stored on your external hard drive and whenever it's plugged in it can kind of do that type of thing but i have i think some of that is possible so there's two parts is that shortcuts will be one of the things that extends your capabilities on ios further and ipad os further especially with this type of files access but i think the hard part might be developer adoption where basically I think if people do it wrong, you're going to be frustrated or you're going to have to wait for your app to get updated in order to do this stuff. Um, And one problem that does currently exist is that Apple also released like a new programming language for developers to take advantage of. And there's iPad apps can be turned into Mac apps. And so I'm slightly worried that there's going to be focus on those two things and not focused on the Siri shortcuts capabilities which will be able to basically make any function of a third-party app that you have on your phone available to not only use with Siri, but just in the course of your little shortcuts workflow type things. Um, So like if Adobe just doesn't update, you won't be able to do it, which is going to be, might be a short-term frustration. Yeah. I mean, I I do think I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about Adobe or other companies yeah, like them specifically. Yeah, I mean, other companies like Affinity as well, I see them being kind of on the forefront of, of adopting all of the latest and greatest with what um, iPadOS has to offer. And, you know, Affinity is just one of those really interesting companies. They they've they have basically a a faithful alternative to Photoshop. And it's like 50 bucks. Um, and there's an iPad that's on macOS. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like everybody forgot too that Photoshop is coming to iPad probably this September. So like full Photoshop capabilities on it yeah, will be. I've been running the private beta for months. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I will say it's, so I mean, um, listen. Tell them about shortcuts, by the way, because if you could make any function of Photoshop available as a single action that you can use in a shortcut, then you could really ingest files and crop them all to a specific, or apply white balance and do batch photography with Siri or something like that. It's crazy right now. I mean, I've been heavily using Lightroom, um, Lightroom CC, not classic. Uh, and I've been so impressed with what Adobe has been doing. And that's the thing is for me at the very least, um, the two biggest hurdles for, um, just saying like, I'm not going to take my, Actually, there are three. The three biggest hurdles for leaving my laptop at home and just taking my iPad Pro for a multi-week trip, you know, a photo shoot. Um, the first one was the whole file system stuff that we were just talking about. Like, it is a pain in the butt to import off of an SD card. You know, granted, the new iPad Pro, like you said, has USB-C. So, I mean, back in, if you have an older iPad that still had Lightning, um, I mean, the import took forever, especially if you were running 40 megapixel raw files so there was that and then also the whole thing of getting it into lightroom and deleting the duplicates off of uh the from the camera roll which that you know adobe shortcut did kind of facilitate so that was a problem the second thing was uh just the fact that uh onboard storage like you said uh it was you it was always kind of a a ballet of sorts because it wasn't just photos for me i was also importing videos and you know, to this day, I'm still not exactly sure why Apple hasn't released a Final Cut Mobile. Uh, I hope they do. Uh, you know, just oh man, yeah, <laughs> just it, it baffles me 
considering how much they're putting into video, but fine. So there was that. But uh, the, the third thing is that just from a productivity perspective, because, you know, when I travel, I'm still working. Things like Safari historically have been a bit frustrating. And it's nice to see that with iOS 13 or iPad OS 13, or I guess it's called, is iPad OS 13 or just iPad OS? Yeah, I think it's 13. Yeah. Even they just kept going. But they're, they're implementing kind of a desktop class version of Safari so that, you know, you can, the, the, the online apps that you use, like they, they gave an example of say Google Drive and Google Docs where you have a full, you know, faithful desktop class version of that, not a mobile, you know, stripped down version. Um, all of these things kind of hampered my ability to, you know, feel comfortable enough going for two or three weeks um, with just my iPad. Now that that makes yeah. sense, it's not just the about the photos no. themselves, it's everything right. else. But here's the thing, Matthew. I actually like the fact that you know iOS or iPadOS is not as like on my macOS. I can have you know I can use the, you know the Magnet app and have like eight different windows open. You know evenly spaced throughout my screen and do all these different things and have different workspaces. Um, and the problem with that is I, uh, I lose concentration very easily. It's hard to focus. Yeah. You're doing that instead of editing. Yeah. With iPad OS, you know, they give Apple, I, I believe they're like, all right, the most you should probably be focusing on are two things. So you have that kind of slide over, which is essentially kind of like a, you know, you can have one app on the left and one app on the right. Have you tried? I guess you probably, since you haven't played with it, they have a whole new multi window editing system where you can have like many versions of Safari open. And you, like you were kind of saying, maybe this isn't great for the distraction part, but um, you can keep apps paired more now. They'll, They'll exist like that. And then you can have like your little reference sheet and slide over and pull that back and forth, but then also rotate through to your music or I don't know. Um, but this the whole they struck like a really solid balance of multi window and like desktop class power while also not being like so much that you're getting like lost in the prey of it, although it might take some adjustment because it is it is a lot, and there's a lot of gesture type things, but it's pretty powerful, yeah, and this is where I'm hoping that photographers who are listening kind of give this a shot and granted. You know, if there's an Android user or a Windows user out there who's like, hell no, you know, I'm not using Apple for all the tea in China. I get that. But at that case, then yeah, I mean, Google, you could say that Google's trying to make strides with Chrome OS, but you're still, again, there's something really nice about having this really small, really lightweight uh, device. And you don't even, I, I've got the 12.9 inch. Um, I think, did you, you had both, but did you still have both sizes, the 11 inch and the 12.9? Yes. And <laughs> that's always a little, I mean, in some ways I had the big one and picked up the smaller one partially for travel because I was slightly worried about breaking the big one. It being one of my main computers, I should just get better insurance on it also. Um, but I don't that necessarily, some of it was um, even just the literal size of like, doing a day trip with it in my bag. And then I have my full laptop that does quote unquote laptop that doesn't actually 
weigh me down anymore and i can just i have the like everyday sling thing so i can have a full video recording setup in like a single bag and the whole import and edit and release process which is pretty cool yeah i mean the the thing is um for the most part this cottage industry or this i guess you can call it kind of like a boutique it may not even be a boutique industry anymore but with photography um, and video, what it has spawned with all these different accessories. And I'm not just talking about like those lenses that you can add onto your camera. I'm talking about like, you know, companies put out these really great, you know, um, uh, audio processors and microphones that you can connect directly to your iPad or your iPhone and get fantastic results. It's really interesting. And it is, you know, it has been at least disheartening to, you know, I'll be speaking with photographers and they are so adamant that they have, they just like, they feel like, um, you know, they'd be leaving too much on the table by considering a mobile workflow. And for a large percentage of these people, they're right. You know, they were right. But I'm hoping that with with uh, iPad OS 13, where people see um, that, you know, Apple's finally kind of breaking down that walled garden a little bit and you are able to uh, get, for the most part, the things that you need to do, you know, granted, there will always be things that a laptop or a desktop will be better at doing simply because, uh, you know, it, it's more mature, the hardware inside of it is much, is much more powerful and whatnot. But when you're traveling, unless you're just a vagabond, you know, like you're always on the road. If you're going away for a week or maybe two weeks, you know, why bring all of this extra gear where you can just now take your camera and this iPad, and it's wonderful to me. It's like a really wonderful thing to see. Yeah, and just like a, especially with, I mean, if you can, I don't know. I mean, always having like an offsite backup is like the biggest thing. So if you can connect to the internet and upload your stuff, that's huge. But it is like, besides the really large screen, if you can fit the big iPad, you can kind of get everything you need from this now and. Some of I think some of the workflow is more established on something like a Mac or a PC, but I think something like shortcuts is going to kind of I mean, I don't think we totally explained how it is going to be able to hook into every app that you use. It how quickly that'll adopt is gonna be an interesting story, but also like it's it's a pretty powerful technology because one of the things that even existed back when we were workflow wasn't just that you could do things across multiple apps. It was that shortcuts kind of could translate what was happening from one app into another using a a special technology called the content graph. And so it can kind of examine all of what you're inputting and look at all of the metadata and intelligently convert that stuff into a different piece of tech, like a different type of content. Um, But what that means now, once the new thing that Apple added this year is the ability for third-party apps to hook into this content graph and send their information in, and then you can pull it out and interact with it in any way that you want. And so like a lot of this is, it's very hard to grasp coming from Apple because it's very, it's very like technical and deep and powerful while also being secure. So I think a lot of people who have been like, refuse to go to apple because of the limitations are gonna like not even like consider that this is a thing 
because it's it's so far-fetched from what they've ever done before but there's like a lot of inner hooking that is like powerful but still secure that's going to be really interesting is there something that you could to that speaking to that then for the audience to kind of wrap their head around is there some sort of an example that you can give for maybe how this you know what kind of uh, performance or what kind of benefit this brings this is actually even for me because i'm trying to yeah it's it's huge it's it's and it's definitely like out of character for apple um but i mean a big thing that i was kind of referencing earlier with like the photoshop thing is that each of the like individual functions in an app can be turned into a Siri shortcut action, which is kind of just like one step in a process, as opposed to something like opening into Lightroom to edit it. You could just pull it in. It could be like apply a preset to the any input photo. So you could get the photo out of your hard drive and apply the presets and then save them back to your hard drive without actually even like going into Lightroom itself. Yeah, so these are kind of like um, little macros or scripts. You kind of touched on one that I think is also important, which is kind of like a batch resize. Um, yeah, where you can that's have, a good one. Yeah, especially- Or watermarking. For watermarking. Is, is a pretty, um, it's, it, I mean, workflow was very much like automator for iOS. And that's like the Mac tool that lets you automate your process. And so now that, but then Apple kind of turned it into Siri shortcuts too so it can hook into it's gonna it's also all gonna work with voice so like you could be you could like take your photos and import them and then be like process these for me and it could just do it while you're like giving the voice the voice part is almost like too complicated for what I'm there's so many levels to this that's gonna be extremely cool Um, but I think even just like the actual photos themselves are just one part of the process, like making a shot list or planning where you're going and getting directions is something you could do. Um, oh yeah, there you go. It can, grab, it can grab your phone's geo coordinates. So you could do things like logging your location per shoot it's instead of like hooking your phone up to GPS and having, or your camera up to GPS and having it actually saved to everyone. You could, use this metadata afterwards um, and just like capture it using your phone. So like there's a lot of your phone as like a companion tool to, or the iPad, either one, um, even from Apple watch. It's like, it's pretty, um, it's pretty deep, but you're speaking my language. Cause you know, I've written an article on this where for me in the landscape side of things, geotagging is always an important thing. And when I was a Canon shooter, it was great because Canon released this little GPS radio for some of their cameras. It just sat in the hot shoe and you turned it on and there you go. You didn't have to worry about anything. With Sony, they, I guess Sony doesn't really think that it's a big deal. And what they did was they kind of, within their imaging edge uh, iOS app, it, it allows you to kind of pair to your phone and somehow kind of quasi pull the GPS information. But it's really wonky and it it's very flaky. So being able, cause yeah, like you said, you know, your, your phone captures GPS all the time, uh, even without data. And so to be able to maybe say, Hey, you know, start tracking, you know, and I'm not sure if this is the implementation, but essentially if you can tell your iPhone to begin tracking, you know, in, maybe with verbose data, you know, 
the your GPS uh, location throughout a certain shoot, like where you tell it to start. And I don't know if that specific one. I I mean more just like you could use it as a almost like this pinpoint of like here's where I am right now, and it could just save that to a map and log it into like a spreadsheet for you or something like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean these are this is where I get very excited to see because. Um, there are things that your phone can do that your laptop can't. And because of just the, the amount of, of radios and the things that it can do in terms of sending and receiving, you know, at the end of the day, your laptop has nothing to it unless it's connected to Wi-Fi. It's funny how, for the most part, unless I'm editing a photo, my laptop is utterly useless without an internet connection. Same thing you could say for, you know, your mobile devices, but uh, there is so much that can be done just with that thing in your pocket. I think that's one thing that's is powerful about iPad and iOS that and and Mac in general that I think a lot of people don't necessarily I think a lot of people do live on the web, but there's a lot of powerful apps that can I mean one benefit is the focus of not always being on the internet and being a click away from Twitter, but like some that can use deeper capabilities of the operating system and like even going forward with something like shortcuts is going to be even more important. Um, but I think it can kind of give like deeper, more customized experiences and something like shortcuts is, is like if anyone who, I mean, plenty of people probably haven't used it, but it's a drag and drop interface. That's very much like playing with like little Lego blocks to end up automating stuff from your phone. And it can be, it's like, for me been a very excessive i was never a programmer or anything like that and or a scripter and things like that um and this kind of tool made it more accessible to me and now it's going to make the power of those apps accessible to me in any way that i want to it's like infinitely there's like 300 actions in shortcuts right now and then once it opens up to the app store it's going to be like an infinite number of functions that's it's going to be, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I haven't even mentioned that there's a bunch of automation capabilities that they added where you could have little NFC tags in your bag. And when you scan those, it kicks off a shortcut that does something for you. So how would that, for a photographer, how would that apply? Like if they had these NFC tags, I'm going to have one on my hard drive that I just scan and it kind of opens up that import process for me. Oh, wow. Um, or you could, or yeah, like you could have it in your gear bag that pops up a note with the checklist for the gear bag or something like that. So you can kind of like literally not even think about <laughs> like any parts of the process except for just moving your phone around and like knowing that you have that already set up. That's really um, cool. Like, uh, oh yeah, like you can almost keep it as a, an inventory. You have that NFC chip in uh, or that tag rather in your bag, which you can kind of, I assume, bind to say a spreadsheet and you keep track of yeah or just like notes or, notes, or something yeah, like simple this too. is what i took um, with me and then when you get back you scan it again and you kind of compare and cross-reference like oh man i'm missing this i don't know something yeah and and even um it can hook into a lot of your devices settings so one specific like photography thing that i do is i can run a shortcut that will check whether i'm connected to my camera's wi-fi and if it is already, it'll open up the 
image app that I'd use to transfer the photos. And if not, it'll open me into settings so that I can connect to the Wi-Fi because it's always like, Oh, that's cool. Most cameras can't, you have to manually connect it. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a little like minor annoyance thing, but now I don't have to think about that. And then I can even use that one shortcut in the process of another shortcut. That's just like, this is post-production time or something like that. So then to that point, if you know to 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 wrap this up how far with with keeping iOS and iPad OS 13 in mind how far along are we uh, for photographers where we can say like you know what and just photographers maybe not video because video i still think we have a way, ways to go but where it's like you know what i've got a replacement for this laptop how far along are we for photographers, I mean, some of it, it's like you can get very, very specialized, which I think I don't want to just say like a blanket. Yes, it's ready. But I think it's like very like they it's a, we reached the tipping point where now it's definitely worth considering or or maybe in like six months. Um, I don't think they're probably going to come out with a new iPad in the short term. So I think it's it's like. A lot of people when the iPad Pro came out, this latest one, everybody was like, this hardware is so good. I wish iOS was better. And I think now it is. And I think Siri shortcuts as a thing, I think is relatively unknown. And I don't think a lot of people know the capabilities or, I mean, there's so, there's so many ways to use it. And I haven't even really explained a lot of, I kind of referenced some stuff here, but about, just ways to use it to like guide you through how to think about something by asking yourself questions. And there's like so much capability that's going to, I think like leapfrog the other platforms and they won't even like see it coming because I don't think that Apple's Apple's strong suit has always been apps. And this is going to like take full advantage of all of your apps in a very, in a way that you have all of the control over and can be like automated in pretty powerful ways and used with Siri. It's like, it's very cool. Like I'll be able to come home and say, it's like, I just got back from my photo shoot to my home pod and certain lights turn on and my playlist goes and my iPad gets ready to like import stuff. So there's going to, there's like a lot of futuristic cool stuff plus process things that I think might take some time to figure out, but is going to be, it's like, pushing what m- mobile is going to be and we haven't really like the promise of mobile computing hasn't been like totally it's like we're all just on twitter on our phones and, <laughs> and not like doing s- some powerful stuff and i think i think we're starting to get into that era now so if if people want to let's say they listen to this and they're like okay matthew's making sense i want to learn more like where where can they go to learn more about you or, you know, where do you offer your, you know, the, this kind of information uh, some share that stuff with everyone, because I want to make sure that I want to push this forward. You know, I, I, the thing about what I, one of the things I love about Matthew is he's always so uh, giving and forthcoming with this information. Cause it is, it's, it's kind of heady, but you know, we've talked a lot and on Twitter, he's always kind of pushing and advocating for this. And for speaking for as a photographer, this is something that's you know very exciting to me now that we're finally kind of marrying really, really 
premium, strong, powerful uh, mobile hardware with mobile software. So where can people learn more about this stuff, Matthew? The central place is probably my website, um, matthewcastanelli.com, and it's C-A-S-S-I-N-E-L-L-I, if you can't spell that because most people can't. Um, but also on YouTube, I'm, I haven't published as much as I've almost even been saying because there's so much opportunity and I'm trying to have show people how to build these shortcuts while also giving examples of shortcuts that people can use. Um, but on my website, I do want to, I'm going to re-listen to this and make a bunch of shortcuts specific to what we were talking about. Um, but I do have like a newsletter too, that will is the easiest probably way to keep up with it because it comes right yeah. to you. And so I'll link to that and that's on my website on the show notes as well as cool. to your Twitter account, because I, I think that's also, you know, a lot of fun. And yeah, Twitter is like the easiest straight from like, Oh, I just did this. I'm tweeting it now versus like turning it into a full product produced video or blog post takes more time. Um, cool. yeah. Well, I know that I definitely want to, would love to have you back on uh, after uh, iPad OS is, you know, released in earnest to the public so that we can talk about, you know, practical applications instead of just theoretical or the fact that you have to be running a beta to, to get used to it. And also hopefully by that time, like we said earlier, um, third party apps like Lightroom will have been updated. Yeah. That's the big one. Maybe like October or something to let it let developers get them get them released. Um, but yeah, totally, I'm down. That'll be exciting because, and even by then, I've been slowly like tearing down everything I've done with it and rebuilding from the beginning. So I'm photography is a big thing too. That like it's easy to get caught up in. I have too many photos in the past, or or just like. I don't want to do it. And just having a shortcut to open the app for you and stuff like that can always be nice too. So this will, this is a area that's ripe with opportunity. Perfectly said. And I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, this is not some, if I thought this was something that is kind of like vaporware or a fad, you know, I wouldn't be talking about it, but I genuinely believe, especially just seeing a company as kind of conservative, conservative as Apple, you know, the fact that they're putting all of this weight behind it, um, I think that they finally see this as you know ready to go. And now that they are, um, I believe that photographers, for example, will you know really stand to benefit amongst you know all the other kinds of mobile professionals. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it is that is I should have said that earlier too. It's like you guys are lucky because it's it's the perfect combination of like even just like file size or applications being in this space is it's going to be good it's like it's going to be pretty seamless and so i'm i'll even work with you on some of this because i want to i want to like nail it down because it, it is like get out with an ipad and go shoot some photos and then you like don't even have to come back to edit it's like all good to go so that'll be that'll be interesting well, and if anyone's out there, I know, so Matthew, like a couple of days ago, you can go to his Twitter stream. You'll see he put out a question like, hey, I'm going on the No Name Photo Show. What kind of, uh, you know, shortcuts, questions you have for photography. And so those of you listening, however you want to reach out to me or to Matthew, like, feel free. Like, hey, you know, what is this? Or can you do this? Or this, okay. these are my needs. Yeah, we, we're we all for it. I think it's great. Um, just, you know, it's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, Apple sucks. Like, don't need to hear that. You know, if you're not, 
if you're not into Apple, it's all good. You know, I'm not, no one's bashing Google. No one's bashing Windows. We're just Apple people. And um, it's nice to see what Apple's been doing in this space. And if anyone who works at Apple is listening, really would love a Final Cut mobile. That would <laughs> <Yeah>. be wonderful. <laughs> Plus, all, with tons of shortcut support, too, would be a, you could automate all your video production, too. So, oh, man, it's, I'm so excited. It, there's so much opportunity. And I feel like it's, we're at like, what, maybe 0.01% of fulfilling it all. So it's like, it kind of is a new era that's going to be fascinating to see. Yeah. And I mean, you know, don't forget, you can't, you should not discount things like touch input, uh, being able to manipulate your photos um, using touch or your Apple Pencil. Like, I love personally, you know, I used to edit all of my photos with my Wacom tablet um, on my desktop, but being able to have, for example, in Lightroom, just with my thumb moving sliders or grabbing the pencil and using that to draw um, an adjustment uh, brush filter directly on my photo, it's it's really, really nice. I cannot tell you how much I enjoy it. And I also want to give kudos to Adobe, to their iOS engineers, because on the iPad version of, of Lightroom specifically, um, they actually built what's called left-handed supports, because I'm left-handed. And so what that does is um, it basically just switches the side which side the the slider toolbar or sidebar rather comes out. So um, I I hold my Apple Pencil in my left hand and I can have the sliders on the right side, for example. Um, and that's just really nice. Those are the little things, Matthew, that I wish more uh, developers thought about, like um, also colorblind support. Um, speaking from like the video game side of things, it's, I always appreciate when I see a video game when you go into the settings and they have colorblind support because... Um, as a colorblind person, that's very frustrating depending on how, you know, which colors are used. So, you know, all these accessibility things um, that, you, you know, you don't have to think about so much on desktop. It's nice to see on mobile. Um, so, Matthew, thank you so much for this. Like, I, I really do hope, you know, that I know that you inspire me. You've, you've always inspired me with shortcuts, um, with Siri shortcuts. Um, so, uh, I hope that people listening are kind of also inspired. And I know that it's, it can be complicated. Trust me, actually, it is. Like, I sat down with Matthew at that coffee shop, and we really, I mean, I was peppering him with questions like, help me understand this. Like, help me understand why I should care about this. Um, so he's a great resource. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and it's, it, is, it is like, you probably will run into some brick walls where you're trying to do something and it doesn't work. And it can be, it does turn into like a full-fledged programming language that you are like, I mean, you don't have like curly brackets or anything like that. It is all drag and drop, which is, that's why it's accessible to me, but it can be complicated, but it is like, I mean, photographers of all people also are very specific with their needs. And this lets you, this lets you have that specificity for just how you need it. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's cool. And there's a lot to dig into. So I think a lot of, in the past, it's been, potential and i think that potential is starting to be realized and so it's like might as well get started now instead of waiting and then being like oh crap i'm behind <laughs> yeah let, let me just uh i'll, I'll you know leave with another practical example this is less maybe for photographers but more for content creators and there was this shortcut that Tichi uh created which i love basically what this shortcut does is um 
you you just tap it or you you know you can bind it to a Siri uh, like a verbal shortcut it'll take the last screenshot that you took uh, like on your phone let's say you know I want let's say I want to share a screenshot of something nine times almost just about 10 times out of 10 when you see someone share a screenshot from their phone it's just the actual screen itself but what Tichi did was he created this shortcut that it'll look at the resolution of that of the the, the screenshot and based on the resolution, it can, you can determine whether it's an iPad, or I'm sorry, an iPhone 10 or 10 Mac, 10s Max, um, or a smaller one. And it'll it'll take it and it'll put it basically. It'll wrap the actual device around the screenshot, so it looks like an iPhone with the screen. It's not just the screen, and yeah, like a prepared Photoshop file that has it'll mask the screenshot onto that, so it looks like it's an iPhone frame, like a framed exactly. iPhone in the screenshot. So I use that shortcut in my blog posts where I will write my whole thing and take like 28 screenshots, mask them all in iPhone frames in about 10 seconds, and then basically take what could have been like a two hour process for Photoshopping all of these together into like less than 15 minutes. And it is like something that makes my writing profitable as opposed to not because it would take me too long otherwise to do that detailed of a post and it's there yeah that's why i was it's like the mask feature just alone is awesome if they add photoshop and lightroom actions for all of the functionality you could do you could batch process everything in seconds yeah i mean uh you know i i'm very excited and you know again i'm also excited to have you back and we can kind of compare notes of what we you know, what we talked about in this episode and what has actually come to fruition uh, in the future. So, so Matthew, thank you very much for being here. Um, and again, I will link to all of Matthew's relevant, uh, you know, websites and social handles so that you can follow him and ask him questions. Um, and with that, you know, if, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you went to iTunes or whichever uh, podcatcher you're using and you know rate or review us um, it, it actually helps big time so um, by all means also message me let me know if there are certain things that you want to hear or people that you want me to have on the show um, but again thank you for being here and and Matthew thank you again very much yeah thank you it was a pleasure great I will see everyone on the next episode Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Name Photo Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com and be sure to subscribe in whichever app you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss a beat. Let's do this again next time. 